Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It looks like we are only going to be able to broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. I tried to start a little video on the uh, Facebook, but that's not happening. So we'll just have a nice time on the air today, and I will make sure that I bring our callers into the broadcast when they're ready to come in. So let me make sure that we're all set here. And... Um, we should be going live right now. So good morning to everybody. I am driving on Interstate 40. I'm heading west. And uh, tell you exactly what happened. But before I get into anything else, I don't know if my grandson Chandler is listening or not, but I want to say happy birthday to Chandler, who turned 26 years old today. And I want to say to him happy birthday. And he just told me, by the way, uh, I was on the phone with him before coming on the air, that he just got on the chancellor's list. Now, he works for Walmart. He's been at it for a while now. And they just sent him today uh, a document showing that he, for his consistency and his, his, his work ethic, uh, is now on the chancellor's list, and which is a step above the dean's list. And so for that, I rejoice and want to say happy birthday to Chandler. God bless you. Very, very good job. Well done. Now, um, we're going to be celebrating Chandler here all week. That's what we do in our family. So we're looking forward to that. So why am I out on the road today? Why am I traveling down Interstate 40? Well, yesterday in the morning, I was unsettled, I'll be honest with you. I made a decision Sunday at our service that, you know, I was going to stay away from Washington, D.C. I was going to just kind of watch from afar. But I was unsettled in my spirit, and I wanted to get in there. I wanted to go. So I got in my vehicle yesterday, and I head out. I guess I left around 11 a.m., I took my little dog, Max, and I thought, well, let's go for it. Let's go in. And um, I started driving. And then, and I was all prepared to go. I, you know, kept hearing all the stories and all the buildup about all the different things going on. And uh, I just wasn't really moved by anything, just a desire to be in Washington, D.C., because in my dream, when Joe Biden had won the election, I was there. And I wanted to see this through. I wanted to see the very end result. And I wanted to uh, just be there. I wanted to see it with my own eyes, so to speak. And so I was um, traveling last night. As I said, I left around 11 o'clock in the morning. And then I was about 80 miles 
southwest of Nashville, Tennessee, last night around 7 p.m., so I'm about 80 miles out, about an hour or so away from Nashville. I was just making my tracks, just driving, and uh, 7 o'clock is when our church starts praying, so there's a 7 o'clock prayer meeting, and then, of course, Patricia, uh, which I found out last night, she was at home with some friends praying, and they were in intercession, and I had basically turned my phone off for most of the trip. I just wanted to go, and I didn't want to be disrupted. I just wanted to go on out, and right around 7 o'clock, the, the engine light on my vehicle went on, and I noticed that the vehicle started sputtering a little bit, you know, like you feel like the gas isn't getting through to the to the engine or whatever it was. And all of a sudden, this light came on, and it said, your traction control is off. So I don't even know what the traction control is, but uh, that was concerning. And then just about a minute after that light came on, the freeway, Interstate 40, 80 miles west of Nashville, was shut down. There was a massive car accident. And, you know, normally I would sit back and, contemplate, you know, you know, this is a little bit of opposition, uh, you know, that never slowed us down, we'll just go through this and we'll wait it out, but I don't know, it was like God took his two fingers and picked me up and just turned me around, there happened to be an exit where, the, where everybody was stopped on the freeway, so I just had a deep knower, you know, and it settled my unsettled spirit where I just really wanted to be a part of what was going on uh, and see this thing all the way through. So, anyways, uh, I talked to Patricia last night, and uh, that's when I found out she had been praying with a few friends at the house while the church had been praying, and I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody at the church about what they were praying about. I don't think anybody even knew I left except for one or two people, uh, maybe a third. And... um, so anyways, that was that's my story. That's why I'm on the road right now, and I'll be heading to a uh, car dealership here pretty soon to get this light checked out and find out why the traction control uh, is off and what that even means. I think it has something to do with emissions, most likely. And so um, I was praying this morning. I spent the night at a La Quinta because they take little pets. And so when Patricia and I used to do a lot of traveling across the country, um, that was one of our favorite hotels. So this morning, just before getting back on the road, I prayed and I asked the Lord, you know, what, uh, you know, what's the word? And I, and I received something and I thought it was very interesting. And I know a lot of people do that, okay? A lot of people are hearing from the Lord. There's no doubt about it. But, you see, I was given this brand-new Bible for my birthday, and I've been preaching out of it all last weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I started preaching out of it. And it's got, you know, the Word of God is anointed anyways, but it has a pretty special uh, anointing. So I opened up the Word, and I want to read it to you. And I'm reading it in regards to uh, where we are today. I mean, today is January 19th. It is the day before the inauguration of Joe Biden, and there's a lot on the line for a lot of people. And, you know, what is the Word of God saying to us? And 
I prayed my heart out Sunday at church with all my heart. I I prayed with the church. We interceded. We begged God for mercy that Donald J. Trump, the president of the United States, would step up and do the right thing. And then I shared with the church how contrary that is to the grain of my ministry for the last 20 years, because for the last 20 years, um, behind the pulpit, behind radio, conference speaking, whatever it was, it was my understanding that God was saying through his word that America was going to be broken back in years ago. Um, the Lord told me that America had crossed the point of no return. So I have been under the strong impression of the Lord that America was not going to be great again. It was never going to be a great nation again. It was in the throes of judgment, and that's been my ministry. And it wasn't just, you know, um, you know, trying to trying to be anything or do anything. That's every time I went to the Word of God in prayer, that was the scenario. That was the way it was. And so I was sharing with the church Sunday night that it was so it was so contrary to the, to my green to be able to, to beg God for mercy because I never have. Because God told me, do not pray for this nation, but pray for the saints of God that are in this nation, that they would be navigated in the days ahead. And I've been doing that for a long time. Now, my prayer was for Donald J. Trump, not for the nation, because I'm not going to disobey God. That I'm not going to do. But I did pray for Donald J. Trump with the purpose in mind that he would be at the helm of the great revolution that's coming upon our land anyways. I believe Donald J. Trump is an accelerant. I believe that God spoke through this microphone many years ago that he was about to accelerate everything. I believe that God has been speaking to us very plainly. He told us back in March that there would be four sore judgments that would hit the land. He told us that there would be um, the first wave was coronavirus. The second wave was civil disobedience and anarchy. The third wave was uh, war. And I believe that we're about to see that third wave crest right now. And then uh, the fourth wave would be the lights out, Amos chapter 8. And so I kept seeing this as a reality um, in, in my thinking. And then, you know, God has just continued to bring the word, whether it was dreams, whether it was prophetic utterances, uh, whether it was you know, from another ministry, there was just continual confirmation about these days. So now we are here. And if today the president does not declare martial law, if today the president does not declare an insurrection act like so many people said he would, and today goes through maybe with a few, you know, he's releasing some people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if he does just pass the day and then tomorrow gives a farewell speech, if that were to happen, well, where does that leave us? Well, it basically leaves us in a position that we've just taken a giant leap forward into the direction of the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. And you know, if you've been following this radio broadcast that, you know, that's been the continual theme of this radio station, this radio ministry, of our ministry. 
And so we are continuing to believe that the biblical, the prophetic word of God, known as the book of Revelation, is in view, it is activated, it is awakened, the seals have been loosed, and we are in that direction. And so I believe if tomorrow we wake up to an inauguration of Joe Biden with a goodbye speech of President Trump, that there is a giant step forward. So what was the word I got today? Well, sitting in my hotel room, I heard this out of Jeremiah chapter 17. This is what I opened up to. The sin of Judah, or I would say the sin of America, is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. And so I thought, well, here it is. This is inscribed. This is an inscribed judgment that the sins of our nation have been inscribed deeply. And the only way to free the nation from this written decree of its sin, which produces judgment, would be the blood of Jesus Christ. But that blood has been rejected and neglected for the most part. So the word goes on to say it is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of your altars. And so God is saying to America that your sin is not being blotted out like a thick cloud. Your sin is written with an iron pen and with the point of a diamond. And it's grievous. And it's written upon the heart, and it's upon the altars of our nation. And then it goes on to say, while their children remember their altars, and their groves by the green trees upon the high hills. Oh, my mountain in the field, I will give your substance and all your treasures to the spoil. And I'm thinking about Joe Biden coming into a position of power right now, how all the spoils, all the substance are going to be turned over. I mean, all the labor of Donald J. Trump, the economy, all the Paris Accord, the breaking away, NAFTA, well, it just seems that everything is going to be turned over and all the treasures to the spoil and your high places for sin throughout all your borders. And we know that there are caravans coming that are, you know, coming up to the borders again from South America all the way through Mexico. There's going to be an issue there. So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, this is your word. And then verse 4 says, And you, even yourself, shall discontinue from your heritage that I gave you. In other words, your republic is now gone. Your republic, your heritage, the Constitution, everything that was given to you as an inheritance, America, is gone Wow, that's really a sad decree and very, very powerful. And I will cause you to serve your enemies in the land which you know not. You're not going to recognize America under a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris administration and all the people behind it, the globalization that has now come abroad and all the, you know, the stuff that we've had to deal with. 
that has come into the light. Well, now we're aware of it. So we're, we're now going to be doing what? Serving enemies? And you know and I know that we're listening about how the left is saying we need to de-radicalize the Trump supporters. We need to de-radicalize, you know, these followers of Donald J. Trump, whoever voted for him. We've got them in the computer. We've got them on lists. We're going to go after them. They're the deplorables. They're the maggots. They're not fit for polite society. We've got to bring psychology. And I mean, it's crazy, right? And then he says, For you have kindled a fire in my anger, which shall burn forever. Wow. And to me, that just means that this judgment is not temporary. This judgment upon America is strong. It's going to last. It's going to go on. Okay? So get ready. But the, la- the next part of Jer- uh, Jeremiah 17 is, is good. And it not only is just kind of a, a revelation to what to know that you're going to be living in here, possibly, unless the president steps up today, declares martial law, releases the Insurrection Act, and goes about his business uh, to finish his race, okay? Unless people are just confused about what he has the right to do or not to do, time will tell. Well, verse 5, if, if this goes forth the way that, you know, I, we'll, we'll see. It says, Thus saith the Lord. Now listen, this is for you and I. This is what the Lord says to you and I, to everybody that has an ear to hear. Cursed, let me say it again, cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm whose heart departs from the Lord. So God is saying here that there is a curse upon anybody that puts their trust in the arm of flesh. And so right now, in the next 24 hours, the next whatever it is going to be, you need to start to address your heart and your mind, and you need to just come to this place of realizing that you don't want the curse that comes from trusting in the arm of flesh. You don't want to be cursed, and because what is that curse? Oh, my gosh, I was so much depending on, on the left or, or, or on the right. I was depending on Donald Trump to save, my, save everything. No, that's a curse. You know, that disappointment, that frustration. If you put your trust in a man or in the arm of flesh, and you let your heart depart from the Lord, God forbid, right? For he shall be, the person that does that, here's the curse. He shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good comes. So I believe good is going to come to the house of the Lord anyways. I believe good is going to come to the remnant. I believe that good is going to come to the 144,000 overcomers. To get to know who they are would be very important. I believe good is going to come to those who obey the Lord. I believe that good is going to come to those who have honored the Lord and have sought to live for the Lord. But the curse for those who are going to get all bummed out, depressed, oh my gosh, Donald Trump lost if he does, if he gives up, if he gives in, if he steps away. You know, and and people get all dismayed about that. I'm telling you, don't do it. Because what if God has been speaking all along, warning 
people about the days that we're now about to face. Everybody said Donald Trump was a reprieve. What did you do in the last four years of that reprieve? Have you been preparing? Have you been getting ready? And this is what it's been all about. God, God is not mocked. He's not, he's not playing games. It wasn't some end-time thriller novel that was being sold in books. Some people did. But it was truly the word of the Lord to bring us to attention. And now regardless if Donald J. Trump calls for, you know, uh, an insurrection act or martial law, the country's going to explode. The powder cake is going to explode. The thing I'm telling you today by the word of the Lord is don't you set your heart or your mind on the arm of flesh or a man. There have been many presidents throughout the history of the United States. Don't you do it because you don't want that curse because, again, part of the curse is when good comes. When good comes, you will not know it now. But you shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabit it. In other words, your spiritual life is going to be dried up if you have put your faith in a man if you have put your trust in a man, and that man loses, that man doesn't win, that man's not at the helm in our, you know, political conversation here in America. We don't have kings and all that, but just don't do it. Put your trust where? Listen to this part of the word. Listen to verse 7, Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man, the person that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Hallelujah. You want to be blessed today in spite of what happens in this country or on this earth? Put your trust in the Lord and let your hope be in the Lord. My God, what a blessing. Now listen to this. This is the contrary to those who put their hope in, in man. Okay? I, for one, before I read verse 8, am, I'm, I'm so excited I can't begin to tell you. You know, I, I'm following a dream that God gave me. There's no doubt about that. I want to see the conclusion of it. I want to know the end of it. I know that Joe Biden, you know, if he steps in and is inaugurated tomorrow and, you know, he's going to inherit a mess. I know that. He's, he's not a happy guy in the dream. There's no celebration in him. Something's deadly wrong. I get that. Uh, I, so I'm looking at this. But my confidence right now is soaring because everything that is happening in this country, we have prophesied. I have spoken it out. I have declared it. I have decreed it by the word of the Lord. And this country right now, while people are saying peace and safety, no trouble's ever going to come, well, we're in trouble. And we haven't even begun to see the next level of consternation that's going to hit this nation and hit the world. But listen to this. In verse 8, he says, For he, this is the man who's blessed, this is the person who trusts the Lord, this is a person who puts their hope in the Lord, okay? He, they, shall be as a tree planted 
by the waters and that spreads out her roots by the river. Oh, my gosh. And shall not see when heat comes. All right, so when you have your eyes on man, when you're looking to the arm of flesh, you don't know when good comes. But if your eyes are on Jesus, your eyes are on God, your hope is in him, you won't even know when the heat comes, the trouble, the pressure, okay? But your leaf shall be green. You're not going to wither. You're not going to be in the desert drought. And you shall not be careful in the year of drought. In other words, you're going to prosper in the time of famine. You're going to experience the goodness of God like the children of Israel when they went into the wilderness. They experienced the water out of a rock, manna from heaven. God was with them. Neither shall you cease from yielding fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, as you put God as the trust and the hope of your life, you will experience the blessing of a fruitful life, of having plenty in the midst of drought, not even knowing all the negativity around you. Hallelujah. Your inner life is going to be like a tree planted by a river. Your leaf is going to be green. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Praise the living God. Glory. you got to admit that's glorious. So this is what God gave me this morning. I've always believed it. Remember, God said, do not pray for America, but pray for the saints of God, that they will be guided, that they will be able to navigate through what is coming upon this nation. And I'm giving you the roadmap in Scripture to be able to navigate the storm, to navigate this moment. And it, it's, it's a constant. We have always been balanced. We have never come, become imbalanced, as difficult, as harsh as the word of the Lord has been at times, as glorious as it's been, as beautiful and, and, and just comforting has it been. So this is an amazing moment in the history of our nation and in the history of the world. This is an amazing moment. Now, uh, one of the things that uh, a dear friend of mine, you've probably heard him on this radio broadcast before, uh, his name was George. We referred to him lovingly as Elder George. And Elder George had a favorite scripture. Man, you would hear him speak this word all the time. And I want to share it with you because it's connected to Jeremiah chapter 17. Now, I'm driving down the road, and I'm trying to put this all together, so here we go. Uh, Psalm 1. Psalm 1. And this is exactly what Jeremiah 17, 7, 8, and 9 just said. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Hallelujah. So this is all about what? Walking. This is about standing. And this is about sitting. And it's about never, 
being a part of the ungodly, the sinners, or the scornful. All right? So blessed is the man that has nothing to do with all that stuff. But his delight is in the law. Is what? His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Now, in the New Testament, the law of faith, the law of love, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the Torah, the instructions, which the law law means instruction, the instructions of the apostolic letters, the epistles of the apostles, all right, we, we, we meditate day and night on these things. Well, it says he, and he shall what? He shall be like a tree, we just read that, planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Now listen, these promises of God exist regardless of the world's condition. These promises of God exist no matter what. They exist regardless of what the world is doing. They, re- they, they exist regardless of Who's going to be the president? They exist regardless of what Joe Biden, Kamala Harris could or would do or what the revelation would bring if Donald Trump today says insurrection, martial law, et cetera, et cetera. Regardless, these are spiritual promises given to a spiritual people. But again, verse 4 says the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment or the day of judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. All right, so I think I better stop reading my scriptures as I'm traveling down the road. I think I'm just going to stop that for a moment. And uh, maybe... If anybody's out there on Blog Talk and you have some thoughts you'd like to share, this would probably be a great time to do that. The number to call is 818-369-0326, 818-369-0326, and then press 1 on your dial pad. So this is what, I, what I'm getting today, uh, what I'm understanding the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And so I see that someone is trying to call in. Let's see how this works. I'm going to bring in our first caller, area code 479-321. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor. I just I almost forgot and just tuned in a little bit ago. Where are you? I'm sorry. Say that again. Where are you? Oh, I am moving west at the speed of light behind this big truck, tractor-trailer truck out here, uh, heading back towards Little Rock. Should be there in about an hour and a half or so. And then on my way back home, 
for Bible study tonight. Bible study, this is Tuesday. Yeah, we have a Bible study. No, we have Bible study tonight in our neighborhood. Uh, We have a neighborhood Bible study every every Tuesday. So that's right. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, um, I took a little journey. I was on my way to Washington D.C., brother Phil, and God turned me around. So it was a nice drive, and I'm having an enjoyable morning, just spending time with friends on the radio. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Nice talking to you. All right, well, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. God bless you. You know, um, wanted to know, where are your thoughts out there today? Do you think the president is going to declare martial law today? Do you think he's going to declare the Insurrection Act today? Do you think Joe Biden is going to be inaugurated tomorrow? You see, the narrative keeps shifting, doesn't it? The narrative continues to shift. Here's my point. Let me tell you what I really think. I have hope. That's why I went against the grain of my own ministry in in hoping that everybody was going to be right. But regardless, I really believe that we are taking a massive, giant leap into the Great Tribulation. And I'm, I'm wanting to get a good analysis in my spirit on what the Great Tribulation really looks like. Because sometimes we think it's all bombs and all of that. Now, I think, I believe, according to Scripture, we are going to war. There's absolutely no doubt that the Bible, the final prophecy, the book of Revelation, declares that we are going to see World War III. There's no doubt in my mind, whether it's civil war in America, revolutionary war in, in the Middle East, you know, or just big-time war. It's going to happen because the Bible says it will. But all of these things were getting closer and closer to the Great Tribulation. And by the time we get there, we have to remember something. In the book of Revelation, we're told that every person on the planet, now listen, every person on the planet that received the mark of the beast is going to worship the devil. They're going to worship the dragon. They're going to worship the beast. They're going to give their allegiance to the beast. They're going to, they're going to do it. That's all there is to it. They're going to be like a dog that licks the hand of their master. That's worship. Now, the whole world will hate those who have anything to do with the true living God. They will hate everything about Jesus Christ in truth. I believe that the world will kind of look just like it is right now, but there'll be a brand new system, a very demonic, a very evil, a very wicked system that will promote every evil thing, that will legislate licentiousness and wickedness, that every man will will just be absolutely no restraint in their flesh, in their carnal thinking. I believe that the world is being set up. And by the time we get here, by the, by the way, according to Scripture, there will be a massive depopulation of the people on the planet through persecution, through hunger, 
through pestilence, through war, through famine, all these things will serve in the population reduction. And that's just Bible. Again, that's in your book of Revelation. So once again, I believe if Joe Biden steps into office tomorrow and is inaugurated into the office, you're going to hear a lot of people say different things, but I'm going to continue the narrative that I've heard for 20-some-odd years. Joe Biden is going to bring this nation into the global snare. Joe Biden is going to bring this nation into a one-world government. The homosexual agenda, you say, why do you got to bring that up? Because it's so intrinsic to what's about to happen in this country to bring it into the wickedness that God promised it would. So my point is, if Joe takes the office, we're going into the Great Tribulation very soon within his term and administration. That's what I believe. Now, I cannot say, thus saith the Lord, on March 14th, 2021, the Great Tribulation begins. Well, what happens between now and March would have to be huge. You'd have to see a temple built You'd have in, in Israel. You'd have to have this great war break out, which people say is not going to be missiles and bullets and guns. It's going to be different kind of war, but it is going to kill a lot of people. So maybe an electromagnetic pulse, maybe uh, an, uh, a geoengineered famine, maybe a geoengineered pestilence. Whatever it is, that is the reality of what the Bible says will come. So I also believe the deception that is already in the world is going to grow even greater. And narratives will shift and narratives will change. Waiting for your call this morning. If you have questions or comments about what you're hearing, I believe that we have maintained our narrative. The only thing that we have done, which kind of went contrary to the grain, is hoped that Donald J. Trump would be at the head of this great revolution in the United States rather than Joe Biden, because it's coming anyways. A house divided cannot stand. But I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts this morning? 818-369-0326. 818-369-0326. And that's what I tell that in. I think this is pretty awesome that we're able to do this while we're traveling down the road on Interstate 40, waiting for your calls, 818-369-0326. Would somebody please let Patricia Joy Xavier know that I'm doing a live broadcast right now. She probably doesn't know that. She's been trying to call me. Don't know how to let her know. So, if you chance somebody just text her, let her know that we're live on the air. I would really appreciate that. Okay. So, uh, let's get back to the screen here so I can see if anybody's going to call into the program today. So, eight one eight three six nine zero three six. Thank you for your call. Eight eight three six nine zero three two six. I've laid forth. What I believe God is saying, and I'd like to hear from you. What do you What do you believe God is saying? 
What are you hearing from the Lord? Are we in agreement? I mean, what an amazing I mean, we're, we're hours away, one day away from things shifting on such a magnificent scale for time. Those that trust in the Lord are going to prosper. Those who put their hope in the Lord are going to prosper. I mean, that is the message that we are hearing because we're not trusting in a man. And just because Joe Biden will come to power doesn't mean that our life can cry is here. In fact, it's very unhindered. Very unhindered. So you and I, you say, well, how can we prosper? You cannot buy or sell unless you receive the mark of the beast. How are you going to prosper? Because you've been obedient. You've been led by the Holy Spirit. You're trusting the Lord. You've learned to prepare. You've been in communion with the Holy Spirit. You've been in communion with the saints. You have a plan. And you're trusting God. I mean, honestly, even if you never did one thing to prepare and you were sleeping all this time, and all of a sudden you just woke up and you're like one of the wise virgins, at least you've been in the Word, you've been communing with the Holy Spirit. This moment of time, you and I can trust the Lord, we can trust the Holy Spirit, we can trust our Father in Heaven, and say, Lord, I can get my right I don't I don't know, but all of a sudden I'm I'm waking up and I can't buy or sell without the mark. You know, maybe the mark will be something like this vaccine that's being rolled out right now. And Lord, I don't want to take that vaccine. I'm not sure about it. Everybody I see taken has this really weird look in their eye. I don't like they're afraid. And yet people are begging for it. Isn't that interesting that people are actually begging? They're, they're crowding into places going, give me, give me, give me this, this, this uh, vaccine. I find that amazing because that's probably how people are going to receive the mark of the beast. They're probably going to be begging for it because something is going to happen and they're going to be like, well, whatever it takes to get what I need to save my life, give it to me. You don't want to be in that crowd. I don't want to be in that crowd. But if we have the Holy Spirit, if we trust God, if we trust Jesus, if we trust the Word of God, we may wake up. We may have no preparations. We may not have a plan of where to go, what to do, because we always thought maybe... We were going to be whisked away in a pre-tribulational rapture, but all of a sudden we're here. But you still had communion with the Holy Spirit at the level you did. You've got some oil. Well, you've got to know that the Holy Spirit will guide you as well to a city of refuge, a place of refuge. He'll bring the ravens to you. He'll bring you into the wilderness, and supernatural miracle signs and wonders from God will be there for you. So... My point is, don't be afraid. 
don't be dismayed. Don't let your spiritual life dry up in the drought of what's coming because you've trusted man. And now because you've trusted man, you're so deeply disappointed, you don't know what to do. You're afraid. Now all of a sudden you can't buy or sell. Now all of a sudden you have nowhere to go. What do I do? You're going to have to put your trust in God. You're going to have to put your trust in Jesus Christ and keep it there. Maybe you said, well, I've I've trusted him all along. I've trusted him all along. Well, maybe you have trusted him all along, but maybe you didn't have full and complete knowledge. You trusted him. He was going to take care of you. You thought he was going to take care of you with a pre-trip rapture. But now you're waking up to the reality that that's not true. Does that mean you can't trust God anymore? No. It means now that you're awake and you're not following fables and fairy tales, like being whisked away in a pre-tribulational rapture, you're going to have to dig deep into your faith in God and trust him that he had a plan all along for you. And, and because you love him, he'll bring you into that plan. You've got to trust. This is what Jeremiah 17 is saying. You've got to read it. If you're late in the broadcast, read Jeremiah 17, 1 through 8, 1 through 9, whatever it is. Go back to Psalm chapter 1. Re- read it again. How do you want your spiritual life to be right now? How do you want to be on the inside? Do you want to be wet? Do you want to be green? Do you want to have your roots down by the river of life? You know, both in Jeremiah 17 and in Psalm 1, it literally talks about having your roots go down to the river. Well, Jesus said that the river flows out of us as the Holy Spirit. So to have your spiritual roots, your essence, your being, deeply rooted by the river and in the living waters, that's going to keep you moist from the inside out. That's going to keep you in the joy of the Lord. That's going to keep you in the love of God. That's going to keep you because that's spiritual life. That's Holy Spirit. Your roots are being, uh, uh, what do I want to say, marinated in, uh, overwhelmed in. So what will come out of that living water through your root system is the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what you want. You want the fruit of the Spirit to guide you, direct you, so that you don't dry up and become a mere carnal creature operating out of your fearful carnal mind or out of the flesh or out of human nature. No. When you trust God, your root system will go into the living waters. Those living waters will bring the nourishment into your life and will refresh you and keep you walking in the Holy Spirit of the living God. So that regardless, even if they take you to an Islamic sword or you're, you're, you're at a place where they're telling you either take the mark or, or you're going to die, you're, you're going to get the plague, man, you're going to be so willing to lay your life down as a martyr. You're going to be so willing to say, listen, I'm not bowing down to you. I'm not taking your mark. I'm not going to do it because I've surrendered my life long ago. My life is saturated, there's the word, saturated in the living waters of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit and Christ in me, my Jesus who laid his life down for me so I could have eternal life, you think I'm going to give that up for a morsel of bread right now? Sorry, I'm not part of the Esau company. I'm not going to sell my birthright for a loaf of bread or for a pot of beans. No, I'm not going to do it. 
So the way you get there, though, that's not going to happen immediately. It means right now. Right now, stop trusting man. Right now, stop trusting in the arm of flesh. Stop looking at all this stuff as though one way or the other tomorrow is going to influence you. No, you and I are only influenced by what God is doing in our lives. It, it has not changed us. No president in my lifetime has ever made a difference in my life, honest to God. The only person that's ever made a difference in my life has been Jesus Christ and my wife and the church who have been a, 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 a network of the body of Christ, the people that have nourished me. It's been God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, my wife, the church, the pastor I had in my life, my brethren, that's it. That's what has affected my life. Nothing else. Money hasn't done it. Career hasn't done it. Presidents haven't done it. I don't care. I never have. My voice has always been, if this nation rebels against God, it's going to pay the price. The day of accountability is here. The only thing we were looking at was who's going to lead the charge. But it's here, and I think a lot of saints are going to be very afraid. I think a lot of people are going to be very dismayed. I think people are going to get nervous and start acting weird. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to worry. You can repent. You can call on God. You can trust in God and put your faith in God and really do it because there's going to be situations that are going to come up that are going to force you to make a decision. Am I going to trust the arm of flesh or am I going to trust God? Am I going to trust man or am I going to trust Jesus? You're going to be forced into that decision because the trials are going to come. But I'm telling you, if you keep looking to Jesus, you're going to have plenty in the time of drought. You're going to be moist. You're going to have a green leaf. You're going to remain fruitful. The living waters are going to produce life in you. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for your call. Area code 818-369-0326. I don't care if one person gets what I'm saying today. If one person hears what I'm saying today and allows their life to be turned unto the Lord in truth, rather than being afraid or dismayed or worried, I'm telling you, it would be worth everything on the planet to me if one person. I'm waiting for your call. I got a call coming in from area code 916. I'm going to take that call right now. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Pastor Vincent. uh, Good morning, Brother Mark. How are you, sir? I am very well. How are you? I'm driving down the road, trying to loosen my load. I got Jesus <laughs> on my mind. What's going on, Amen. brother? Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to uh, just say a little something. <clears throat> I was really glad. I am really glad for what you are saying this morning because uh, it's exactly what my heart needed to hear because these times are so uncertain. We just absolutely do not know what the behavior of mankind is going to bring us. There's no way we can know. There's, all we know is that we have Jesus. We have the Lord God who sent Jesus, or we have the Holy Spirit. 
And we have the word of God as is written in our Bible. And so I just really want to thank you for reminding us of that because that's we we believers need to be reminded of it. We need to be reminded of the Lord and the Lord's word because we are in a world that's crazy. The world is crazy. So it's really nice to have a, a rock, a foundation, a real rock, a rock that is the Lord Jesus. And I just want to let you know I'm very, very glad that you brought that to our attention this morning. You did us a solid, well, don't you know? Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you. And you have a, a very good gift of putting things in perspective. I love when you said that we're living at a time where we don't know what the behavior of man will actually be like. And it's true. We don't know the behavior of man, but we know he's going to act up. I was listening to a video from David Wilkerson last night where he was standing at uh, Times Square Church, where I've been many times, by the way, and actually got to shake Pastor David's hand and meet with him, and he spoke into my life. And he was saying in the video last night, he said, uh, you know, people in New York are crazy, and they think I'm crazy. But if what I'm crazy if I'm crazy for saying what I'm saying out of the Bible, then call me insane, man. Give me more of it. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's Amen. A, it's, a, it's a crazy time, Brother Mark. And I want to thank yes, you for sir. calling in and sharing your heart with us today. God bless you. You're welcome, brother. Drive safely. We'll see you back at the ranch. Yep, we'll see you tonight. Shalom. All right, yep. Mark called in. Let's take another call. Coming in from area code four seven nine eight five five. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Well, good morning, Pastor. That's a surprise hearing hey, where you are. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I, I, I couldn't help but think when you the things you're talking about, uh, we really need to put the blame where it should be on the things that are happening. And, and I say that in terms of the church, because the church was the silent majority, so to speak, but they never spoke up. They never said the things that they should do. Uh, just as an example of that, I'm thinking of years ago when homosexuality was coming into vogue, so to speak, on here. And I knew a number of Christians that said the same thing uh, to me, and they said, well, if they don't bother me, I won't bother them. And that kind of complacency has done nothing but get us in trouble all the way through. Now, this morning as you were reading out of Jeremiah, uh, I happened to flip over to Jeremiah chapter 12. And just want to read three verses on here that kind of go along with what we were talking about, what you're talking about this morning. And, and it says in Jeremiah 12, verse 10, it says, Many pastors, and I'm going to put in there many people of the church, have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. Verse 11. They have made it desolate, and being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The whole land is made desolate, desolate because no man layeth it too hard. The spoilers are come upon all high places through the wilderness, for the sword of the Lord shall devour from one end of the land even to the other end of the land. No flesh shall have peace. 
you know, and I that was with Israel, but we're doing the exact same thing. And if we allow this to continue, we deserve what's coming down the road. So really, we need to hear it from the pulpits more than ever before from the prophets where we should be, what we should be doing, turning to God and relying upon him and not relying on our own standards. Oh, this will all work out. God's a forgiving God, but he's also a God of judgment, and we need to understand that, and this is what we may be seeing coming down. Your comments. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny how so many people are getting, you know, messages from the book of Revelation. Tomorrow night we're going to hear a brother preach on Revelation, uh, or excuse me, Jeremiah, another chapter. So um, I, I think God has warned us it's true. Uh, we do take personal responsibility, and as an ecclesia, we do take responsibility, and we'll see where this all goes. It's going to be, you know what I'm getting while you were talking, uh, Pastor Ken? Um, you've been in combat, and so have so many of the other people listening to the broadcast today, and I, I just had this glimpse as you were talking of, you know, you go to basic training. You go to basic training, and you get yourself initially prepared for the battle to go to war. But then they have that special ops training, like the Navy SEALs or the Green Berets used to be. Uh, you go to the next level of training. And I, I really sense that there is going to be a massive shift in the body of Christ in the next 24 hours because whatever happens tomorrow and throughout today it's going to take, it's going to elevate everything to like this new territory where we're going to be, uh, it's like being in basic training. And then all of a sudden I've heard you tell the story, how they flew you over to the real Vietnam and it's brand new territory and you got to face what you got to face. Um, and I just kind of get the feeling that we're about to enter into new territory and we're going to be facing things that we've only been training for or hearing about before. And I remember you went to uh, the Vietnam village. Why don't you tell that little story about what, how, how that works? How does that work? What am I seeing here? Well, what you're seeing is, is that, you know, the U.S. Army is one to go ahead and train you, like all the armed forces do, to prepare you for battle. But, you know, we've lived a lifestyle where we've never seen real battle going on. And so we take it kind of lackadaisically, saying, yeah, I'll get ready for it. I'll, I'll train. I'll do all these things. And you get somewhat ready. But most of the time, not mentally, not spiritually, not soulishly, if you want to put it that way as well. And when I went over to that Vietnam village and as a preparatory one before going over to Vietnam, uh... I went through that village and I got killed three times because of the traps that the enemy laid. And that threw a whole new awakening on me. Like, oh, man, I should have really tried harder to prepare for all this that's coming down. Uh, if I had known what I'm going to be facing and what I'm going to really be going through, man, I would have really become super notch, uh, taking up quite a few notches and becoming a great warrior. But I didn't. So when I got over to Vietnam, I had to relearn everything again in order to prepare so I didn't get myself killed. 
and there were a number of situations that they, God saved me over there when I should have been killed. But he was faithful and true to his people who really love him and really want to serve him. It was a God of mercy that I faced over in Vietnam. And he saved me because of his mercy, because my heart was turned towards him when I realized all the things that were going on. So, you know, this is something that we have to begin to really look at on here. And uh, have we prepared? Have we done what we're supposed to go ahead and do? Have we really sought his face? Have we really had a change of heart? Do we really want to learn and continue on with our walk with the Lord and become super soldiers, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers? You know, no matter what the branch, these guys are really prepared, and they go all out. But the church has been too lackadaisical. They haven't really realized that because they've had a life, life of leisure all of our lives. And now, when the rubber meets, meets the road on here, so to speak, uh, we're going to face it, and there's going to be a lot of people that will fall away because they haven't prepared. They're going to become victims. And we can't afford that to happen. So we really need, and you've been doing an excellent job of sounding that word and bringing it forth, bringing that cry. And we have to listen. We have to begin to really prepare for what is about to happen. Amen. So I, I believe that the landscape, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying this right now through this conversation, the landscape is going to change dramatically for a lot of Christians. A lot of believers are going to begin to see a shift in landscape. It's going to look a little bit different. It's probably going to look a lot different for a lot of people that were believing certain things. You know, people, for example, that have believed in the pre-trib rapture, uh, people that believed in once saved, always saved, are probably going to look at the landscape and say, wait, you know, this is all different here. I better really check myself and uh, little areas like that. So uh, I think that God has just revealed something on this broadcast, and I believe it's, uh, it's prophetic. The landscape is about to shift, and there are those who have prepared that are going to be walking through this moment with, a, with, a, with an expertise with a wisdom, with a knowledge. Um, it's like being dropped off in Normandy, Pastor Ken. You know, they, whatever training those guys had, the moment they stepped out of those boats in Normandy, I mean, it was a whole new ball game. And they caught fire, remember, uh, uh, at the beach. And, man, it, it reality hit. And I really believe that this landscape that is going to shift is going to be coming more ferocious. It's, and yet the people that know their God and trust him, will be navigated by him. Your thoughts? You know, it's so true. I can't help but think of my first day in Vietnam when I got off the plane. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. And when I got on the bus to take us back to the, the port, where, the place where we were going to be going uh, for disembarkment, uh, I asked the bus driver on there, I said, hey, how come we got metal screens up in these windows and bars, metal bars as well across the doors and the, and the, and the windows as well? He said, ah, oh, we had too many guys killed, the Vietnamese, the Viet Cong, just to throw grenades into our buses all the time. And uh, we had a lot of guys killed. And I'm saying, oh, my God, where am I? What did I get into over here? Uh, and, you know, and that very night, the first night I was in camp before I got sent 
to uh, the barracks where I was going to be. Uh, the Vietnamese, the Viet Cong down there, blew the ammo dump right down the road, blew out the windows where I was sleeping. I had no weapons, no gun, no nothing. I, I flew off the bunk, laid under the bunk. I had no place to go. I had no arms, no ammunition, no nothing. And I said, what is this it? Am I coming home? You know, kind of a thing. And I'm like, wow, here comes reality. And, you know, I, I hate to see what's going to happen to the church if they are not prepared and not set for battle because you could be counted as one of the losses. And that's something that we're going to have to contend with. Not only will people get wounded and injured, and it's going to add to the work that we have to go ahead and do to help them when our job should be going out and speaking to the people and bringing the word to light so people really understand where they, where they are and where they should be. You know, that's a daunting task that we're faced with. And if you are walking in fear and dismay and not knowing what to do, you're going to become a victim as well. That's exactly right. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, around New Year's Eve, we brought a warning to the body of Christ that this year we would be facing the giants. We would be facing the chariots, that the time of dealing with foot soldiers is over, and the level of spiritual warfare is going to be increased exponentially. And so we are in that time right now, and people, uh, they, they must hear the word of God, and they must, again, put their full weight of trust and hope in Jesus Christ and get ready. It's not, you're not going to be an observer much longer than things going on in this country and around the world. You're going to be in it. You're going to show up in the new territory. You're going to, you're going to come out of that plane. You're going to leave, get out of that boat, and the bullets are going to be flying. The tanks are going to be bursting, and you're going to be in war. And that is spiritual warfare. And that's why uh, I love the fact that my wife, Patricia Joy Xavier, has been teaching. She wrote a book on deliverance because it's all about spiritual warfare. And it was an army manual for the saints of God on how to get through uh, the battles of everyday life and how to be victorious. So, Pastor Ken, any final words before we go? I just, you know, keep up the work that you're doing. You know, we need, and I really, if people are listening to this, I really need to know you really have to prepare because you're going to face odds or you're going to face enemies that are going to be so strong. And if you don't have the faith and trust in God in you on there, you'll never make it through it. So it has to be a real preparation on the part of the people, and it has to be a deep knowing knowledge of the Lord to keep us sane and to prepare us not only to contend with what is going on, but how to eventually become the overcomers and defeat the works of the enemy and bring people to a true knowledge of God and of God restored in the kingdom on this earth. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You know, I'm going to say this. And uh, thank you for your call, Pastor Ken. I appreciate it deeply. Uh, I'm going to say something to you right now, and I, I 100% believe it's from the Holy Spirit. Uh, as Pastor Ken was just talking, um, I, I wanted to ask him, you know, when you were in Vietnam, how important was the brotherhood? 
how important was your relationship to your brothers and to the, the men that you were fighting with and that you were traveling with and you were going into battle with, how important was that community? Because the Bible calls the church to a brotherhood. It literally talks about a brotherhood. And one of the key components to your survival in the hour in which we live is to be in fellowship with the right people, to be able to go through these times, not alone, but together with other men and women of God to have a brotherhood. Now, one of the things that needs to happen, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there for prayer, a few months ago, we were sharing with people that we believe, I believe, because of a vision 28 years ago about being taken up into space, seeing the United States in, in, in a blackout, a few lights on here and there. They were home fellowships where the glory of the Lord was. I believe that the attack that's going to come against the church from this new administration, if it does come to power today or tomorrow, uh, is going to be intensified. And I believe there needs to be home fellowships in different locations throughout this nation. I want you to know that Patricia and I are still willing to come and to lead a home fellowship, to work and labor in wherever you are with the saints of God that are around you, and to get things prepared. I think there's been a tremendous amount of delay. I don't think people really understood the seriousness of a vision and a calling to this work, but it's real. It's very real. And so um, you're, you need to be around people that you've gone through enough with. You've been through your battles. You've been through disagreements. You've been through arguments. You've been through utter failure. And yet the love of God has come into those relationships and brought them back into health. This is imperative. It's like a marriage. It is that intimate because the body of Christ is knit together, knit together with the love of God. So I'm going to ask Pastor Ken one more time real quick. What, how important was it, Pastor Ken, for the brotherhood over in Vietnam to be together? In unity, you have a lot more strength. And when I left the Bronx uh, as a 19-year-old kid to go ahead and go into the armed forces on there, I had a lot of prejudices. We had gangs, white gangs, black gangs, Hispanic gangs, and you never crossed into their territory. And if you came, in, they came into our territory, they left bloodied. That's how bad the prejudice was, uh, were at that particular time. And that's how I went over to Vietnam with, and even into the military. But when I got over to Vietnam, when we got into firefights, we got into situations where I had to depend upon the soldier that was behind me. I didn't care if he was white, black, uh, colored of any kind, uh, any kind of color, any kind of nationality. It didn't matter to me at all. All I cared about was that he had my back and that all he cared about was that I had his back. There, and, that, and that's the way we should all be. And that got rid of a lot, a lot of the prejudices that I had in my life. 
because it was a reality that I had to depend upon my brother or my sister who was there to be able to cover me and to help me in my time of need. Now, that's the way we should look at the church as well, that it really is a melting pot in that sense, that we need to rely on each other and not look at the problems and the difficulties that we have all faced in the past that way with, the, with prejudices and thoughts and ideas of what should be, what shouldn't be, because that all goes away when it comes to war. And that's what we are about to enter into. And if we can't trust our brother and sister, we're going to be in deep trouble on here. So we need to be able to, if there's issues, if there's problems, we need to remedy them right away and get on a track where we can trust each other in the Lord and go on to be mighty warriors in battle. That's something that we all have to really look at and get rid of all of the issues that we have with each other and realize the power and potential that we have with our brothers and sisters to help us in times of need. Amen. Well said. Well said. That's exactly the truth. So the idea and the wisdom of God to all people in the body of Christ is don't go it alone. Don't be a lone wolf. Don't separate yourself from the body of Christ. Get in there. And what normally happens when you become an intrinsic member in the body of Christ, you know, there's, there's a rubbing that goes on. There's an integration that takes place. There, it, it's, it's mental. It's solical. It's, you know, it's spiritual. And you, you, once you get into that and you are set, you begin to thrive in the body of Christ. You begin to, you know, allow for your, your gifts and your talents and, and your special callings uh, from your life. To, to really accelerate, and there's something about being in community. You've got to be in community with the right people. There's got to be a harmony of the Holy Spirit. It's got to be right, and so we're going to keep reaching out for that. I do have another call coming in. I'm going to take this call coming from area code 479-321. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Morning, Pastor. Again. Good morning. Okay. Hello, Phil again. Hey, I was just reading Jeremiah 17. One is talking to, verse one is talking about Judah. And verse six, it says, for he, Judah, will be like, or shall be like the heat, excuse me, heat in the desert, which uh, in the national is a juniper, but uh, this other verse that I have alongside it, it says, uh, the Hebrew number means naked. Judah will be like a naked thing in the desert. But uh, the blessing is verse 7 and 8. Blessed is man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. And on into 8. Pretty deep. Yeah, it's a very cool passage of Scripture. And again, what it does, it just kind of divides you know, about who's going to trust the Lord and who's not going to trust the Lord. And, you know, sometimes I think people kind of stood back and, you know, they said, well, I've always trusted the Lord. That's why I never prepared anything. But how many of you would agree today that those who prepared by trusting the Lord are better prepared for the days that we're in right now? So, yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of people that, uh, are not aware of the fact that we are broadcasting live right now. But, uh, Phil, anything else uh, on your heart before we roll on? 
No, Pastor. Good talking to you. See you tomorrow. Yeah, thanks for sharing that information. God bless you. So, all right, we're going to continue on here. It's now 1015. We've got time for a few more calls. If you are interested in calling in, the number is 818-369-0326. 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad, and we will bring you directly into the broadcast. So today is an amazing day. I mean, my God, this is it. This is January 19th, right? And I think Holy Spirit has been so good to us to inform us that the landscape is about to change. And what that actually means, consistent with the biblical narrative that we have heard, we have been sharing for a long time now. I mean, God's narrative is standing, isn't it, saints? God's narrative is standing. The biblical narrative is standing. The things that God has said are standing. And I find that to be absolutely amazing. Let's get back here to Pastor Ken, see what he's thinking. Good morning, Pastor Ken, again, what's on your mind, sir? I wanted to bring up one of the points, Pastor, on here. Uh, when you, as you were talking, it, it came to me as well. The, if you look at nature and the herds of animals going across or even the fish in the sea, uh, they have protection when they are with the herd. And the strays or the maimed ones are the ones that the predators look for all the time. We have tremendous strength in unity because the herd in these situations can go ahead and defend and the predators will not attack. But if you go off on your own and you're alone, then you are extremely vulnerable. And that's something that we have to remember. We have unity. When we are in unity, we have tremendous strength. But when we go off on our own, we leave ourselves wide open to the attack of the enemy. That's all I have to say on that. All right. Well, that is such an absolute truth. Um, you know, there. I, I need everybody that is listening right now on the radio broadcast, uh, do me a favor because we didn't get the word out, but I need you to share uh, this blog talk radio program with as many people as you can. Put it on your Facebook chat page. Get it to groups. Please help us to get this message out. I believe it's a Holy Ghost message. I believe the Holy Spirit has been relaying information to us today that is real, that is genuine. So please get it on your, your, your texts, your emails, your friends. Ask them to send it out. Please get this message out everywhere. There's revelation in it from the Holy Spirit. Now, we've got about 12 minutes left in the broadcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed traveling down Interstate 40. It took a lot of, uh, you know, just great time to travel down the road and uh, started out the broadcast today with congratulating and celebrating my grandson Chandler, 26 years old today. God bless him. Happy birthday to Chandler. We'll be celebrating him this week. Uh, we read Jeremiah chapter 17. We went to Psalm chapter 1. Now, in this last 11 minutes, I want to ask you, okay, you've been hearing a lot of stuff. Which way do you think it's going to go in the next 
24 hours. Do you think the president is going to declare martial law today for the Insurrection Act? Do you believe that Joe Biden will be inaugurated tomorrow in Washington, D.C.? What narrative are you following? What do you believe? Praise God. I said my brother Mike told me I did not have to stop at a dealer, even though the vehicle is sputtering just a little bit. It's acting a little weird. But um, anyways, thanks for that, Michael. Appreciate that. Um, What do you think it's going to do? Which way is it going to go? Which way is it going to go? My point today that I believe God made, it doesn't matter as long as you are trusting and that was the, the prophetic word we got from our church in New Year's. Everybody kept saying the same thing. Watch. Keep your eyes on Jesus, regardless of what's going on in this world. That, that's what was the prophetic word coming out of the New Wine Ministry family. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let's take a call coming in this morning from the area code. Parker, Good morning, 870. You are on the air. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. Hello. This is uh, Brother Jacob calling, and uh, we have the example in, with, in the book of Esther, Mordecai and Esther. That's the way the Lord wants it to go. That's his will. Another time when, he, when, when the prophet led the armies of Jezebel and Ahab into Samaria. That's the way the Lord wants it to go. When the Lord wants it to go that way, he's going to do it that way because he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and there is no variableness or shadow of turning in what he does. Are we going to obey him? That's the question, but he's looking for a remnant to follow him, to take us through. He took me to Vietnam, and it was right down to trusting in the name of Jesus. Whatever we do, the name of Jesus is the way to go. He said, doing everything in the name of Jesus to the glory of and to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. That's the way to put it, Jacob. I love it. All right. Very well said. God bless you, my friend. I appreciate that. Uh, Again, more encouragement. Trust the Lord. We heard Jacob's story uh, a few weeks ago on the Watchmen radio broadcast, and what a great story it is. So another admonition. By the way, exhortation, by the way, uh, I shared with our church the other night that if I were in Washington, D.C. today, and I had a great big sign, it would say one thing. This is judgment. Do you realize everything going on in our country today is judgment? Now, if you're listening to the broadcast, a number of people have been trying to call me personally. Um, What you need to do is dial this number. If you'd like to call into the program, 818, write this number down, 818-369-0326. 
818-369-0326. And then press 1 on your dial pad, and I will bring you right into the broadcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed spending time with everybody on the air today, traveling down the road, making my way back into northwest Arkansas. And uh, we're going to be closing this out in just a few minutes. But wanted to know if there's anything else in your heart, anything else in your spirit uh, that you would like to say or share, let me know. I've got one more call coming in here. Let's take this. I think this may be Bill again. 479-321, you're on the air. Yeah, Pastor, I'm thinking of Malachi 4-2. Tomorrow morning when the sun rises, then shall the sun of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. God bless you. Praise the Lord. All right, that's our elder Phil now speaking in on today's broadcast. <laughs> I think I'm out. I don't think... I have anything left to say. Oh, wait, I've got a, another call coming in here this morning. This is going to be the creme de la creme, the cherry on the cake. Good morning, Patricia Joy, Prince of Pesa. How are you? I am wonderful and fine hearing the voice of my husband over radio. It is a wonderful echoing of God's word and spirit. But I have something I want to share Am I being heard clearly? Yes, you are. Clear as a bell. Thank you. I want to share that it's imperative in the moment we're in that we begin to ask our Father in heaven to speak to us and to help us hear his voice clearly and precisely by the work of the Holy Spirit within us to pray and ask for this, for it is imperative for the moment that we hear his voice and be led by the Holy Spirit, that he speaks to us and shows us, each and every one of us, the way in which that narrow path is to walk. And if we hear his voice, we will not be dismayed. And there's just a couple of scriptures I'd like to bring up about it. One is in Isaiah 30, 21, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Another one I would like to share is in John 8, 47, whoever is of God, let me repeat that, whoever is of God, hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So be careful, people, to know that God desires with all his heart that we would hear his voice, that he would speak to us clearly as to what he would have us do in the moments that we are in and that lie ahead. It is extremely important that we get his perfect will for us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. That's in Romans 10, 17. And Jeremiah 33, which we all love, call to me and I will answer you 
and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And oh, how much we need to hear these mysteries for the moment in time we're in. So that is all that the Lord put on my heart, that we must pray and ask God to help us be anointed and that we would hear so clearly his voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What an incredible exhortation, and you're absolutely right. And so you complement that with what we started with on the broadcast today in Jeremiah 17, and you you look at this. This is a Holy Spirit-led message today, and I'm going to ask everybody out there, please, please share this blog talk message. I'll tell you how you can do it. Here's how you do it. Just go to the blog talk uh, website at blogtalkradio.com and then put in forward slash. So it's blog talk radio, all one word, lowercase, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Xman777. That's X for Xavier Man, M A N, 777, Xman777. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash Xman777. Share it. You heard incredible Holy Spirit biblical instruction for your life today. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Get the message out. And that's going to be it for us today. Patricia Joy, thanks for joining me again. I'll be home in a few hours. See everyone tonight at Bible study. See everybody at church tomorrow night. Going to hear an incredible word tomorrow night. And we'll see you back on the air tomorrow. God bless everyone. Shalom. Have a super blessed day. And keep your eyes on Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.